I knew about the power of God, the gifts. I knew the history of Israel and God having a plan. All that stuff, I knew it. Not once was I brought to a place where I was confronted with my sin. Here in college, one of my friends is saying, I want to live my life right. I'm like, dude, you're wasting your time. I, I drink all the time and I'm, you know, I go to church and I'm okay. I'm sleeping around. I'm all right. But never once was I brought to a place of acknowledgement that my sin was taking me to hell. Saying I was living for the experience. I wanted to do everything everyone else did. Drinking, partying, sleeping around, all that stuff. Um, I remember uh, asking myself, is that all life has? Because it, if you were to ask me, I'd tell you, I'm, I love life. I'm enjoying everything. But when I would put my head on the pillow, I was empty, dude. back everybody to the light it up podcast i'm your host white taylor today we have rafael alvarez hello <laughs> and our no, guest today because no, normally you say my co-host oh that's rafael. true like, that's, that's true i was huh? tripping i was like wait a minute that is all like i was being a guest i was like we were <laughs> he was waiting for the keyword yeah our co-host rafael alvarez What's up, y'all? And our guest today, Edgar Ortega. How's it going on? Thanks for having me. Of course, it's a pleasure to have Edgar on. I've got to know him better in the past two years. He is a longstanding member in the San Jose congregation and um, has an incredible testimony, actually, which is what he's going to be sharing today. Um, I've heard bits and pieces, but uh, not your normal church kid testimony. So we're going to be going through that, asking him questions. Stay tuned for the end. Make sure you stay connected, subscribe, follow, so you can hear when the next one drops. And um, yeah, so, um, all right, Edgar, why don't you take it away? Why don't you begin just kind of as far back as you can remember, I guess. Cool. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. So uh, it's not going to be a boastimony. I know in the fellowship, we know boastimonies. Definitely not going <laughs> to go there. You know, just want to give you guys a clear and uncut, um, you know, who I am and where I came from. Um, so my background, I was raised Catholic, right? Did my baptism, confirmation. I did everything in the Catholic church with my family. But on the weekends, I'd always spend time with my cousin who was Christian. Right. So my dad would drop me off after school on Fridays and I'd stick around with my cousin to the weekend and i'd beg my dad please pick me up with uh saturday night or sunday morning i do not want to go to church with him this is me when i was like eight you know i just wow. didn't i didn't want to go to church uh but my dad never picked me up it was left me so i ended up going to church every sunday with my cousin essentially um so that's kind of like my background right it was catholic but was familiar with with christianity what it was to um be around tongues, the gifts of the spirit, all that stuff, right? So it was here, but never here. So um, you're never really into it? No, I remember like being filled with tongues when I was 10, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. Never prayed the sinner's prayer. Wow. You, you, We can talk doctrine, probably shouldn't, but I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you for certain that I spoke in tongues when I was in fourth grade, I was 10. Um, 
but never once was I brought to a place of acknowledgement that my sin was taking me to hell. If you can believe that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I prayed. I believe I, I prayed all the time. Uh, I read my Bible and um, I actually didn't know how to read, to be honest, till I was in third grade. I didn't start reading till I started reading my Bible. I struggled reading. Wow. Yep. So history for you. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually just, uh, we just, we just had an episode with uh, evangelist Mike Gomez. And um, if not, if you haven't heard it, go back, listen, incredible story, but he also highlighted how reading was a huge part in his life as a new convert reading and making himself familiar with the word of God and doctrine. Um, and so he really, really highlighted that, which is interesting to hear from you one week later, you know, that um, you started reading off with the Bible. So yeah. that's really neat to hear. And so you read the Bible, you spoke in tongues once. What happened next? Um, nothing. <laughs> you know, I just, in, in a sense where, I was just religious, right? I remember I uh, fast forward through high school. Um, I drank, I partied, I was part of the football team. Um, yeah, yeah, right? um, I, I got a question real quick. I'm sorry to like interrupt and all that, bro. But um, so you said you grew up a Catholic and all that and your cousin yeah. was a Christian. Did your, fa did your family know that he was a Christian? Or was yeah. what? Like, what the heck? Normally, so I ran into movement like a lot of Catholics, and they're very like Catholic. You had to go to Catholic church. You had to go do this. What? Why do you think that like they let you go with a Christian? A Christian, like, besides the part of his family. Yeah, my dad mocked the Christians all the time. He, all right, check this out. My dad was, you know, how you, you've heard the past, uh, preacher say, "You're a Christmas and Easter uh, <laughs> Christian only," right? CEO, yeah. tongue in cheek kind of thing. My family was like that for the Catholic Church. We went on major holidays, maybe. We watched the movies that they put out for, for Pascua or it's Easter, right? That's That was my experience, right? But I did all my catechism and everything, but my family never really went to church. My mom, when she was growing up, uh, when, when I was growing up, she went to the Catholic Church and I think I was crying. And one of the ladies told her, you know what? If you can't get your kids to, to be quiet, don't come to church at all. That was a mess. So my mom stopped going. So my parents just stopped going. But they were they would label themselves as Catholics, but they never went. So my dad was like, you know what? Those Christian churches just they just want your money. And I was a little kid. I'm like, whatever. So I just went because it was fun. Okay. I got to hang out with my cousin. Actually, I went because I got to hang out with my cousin. I didn't really want to go to church because I thought it was boring. That was from like the time I was seven to like fourteen. I just I got dragged along. So yeah, my parents were indifferent. They're like, oh, religion, whatever. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to link a little bit together. We can yeah, continue on so, high school. My bad friends, I think. No, it's okay. Good question. Yeah, so you grew up, you were in high school, and then yeah. and so you did you, you said you were continuing to go to church until you were about fourteen, so you weren't you got into high school and stopped going or Yeah, so um actually no in high school it was on and off. I remember my freshman year having a sense of not wanting to get involved with like fornication, alcohol, all that stuff. Freshman, me. I mean, not even saved. I just, I want, I didn't want that. 
my freshman year, my sophomore year is the same thing. Junior year, I was like, why am I missing out? Right. So I started hanging out with my older cousin who was partying and drinking at the time. I'm like, hey, so I was going to college parties as a junior. Um, so I hung out and I thought it was fun. Right. Um, my senior year, it's the first time first time I fornicated, first time I drank, first time I did weed is out of a gas mask. I was so high I couldn't see straight. Honestly, I felt like open the floodgates, I'll take it all. Right. Wow. I never did heavy drugs, but I remember saying I want everything the world has to offer. And I did because it was fun. That was my senior year of high school. And then um, when I went into college, I remember telling myself, I'm going to have the college experience. So I went to Sac State. I was part of the rowing team for Sac State, a uh, civil engineering student, I pledged a frat called Gamma Zeta Alpha. I mean, I love life. I loved it, you know. Um, so, oh, rewind a little bit. Actually, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but that's who I was, you know. I just, I, I love being challenged, and I and I wanted to experience all that life had for me. Um, that's why I pushed myself in sports and academics as well, because I was pursuing a, a degree in civil engineering. So I was just pushing myself. Um, and, um, yeah, and I started drinking a lot. Um, I were mean, there, were there ever any convictions that had developed in senior year? No. Any convictions I had washed away. Wow. I, they never existed. I, I, I did. I, you wouldn't be able to. Um, distinguish me from anyone else that never been to church. There was no difference. Wow. But what is interesting is that my freshman year in college, one of my brothers that pledged in the frat, my, my fraternity brothers, um, he ends up getting saved. Different church, different fellowship. I guess, I guess, I don't know if he got saved or he got a girl pregnant and his pastor said, you better get your act together. So he went to all of his brothers, me and, you know, the, the elders of the fraternity and told me, you know what, I'm done. I, I don't want to party. Um, I'm like, dude, why, what What do you mean you don't want to party? I'm Christian. I get drunk all the time. I go to church and never said it's, it's a sin to drink or get drunk. That just goes to show you how, like, how messed up I was, right? Because going back to the way I was raised, I never preached on sin. I knew about the power of God, the gifts. I knew the history of Israel. And God having a plan, all that stuff, I knew it. Not once was I brought to a place where I was confronted with my sin. Here in college, one of my friends is saying, I want to live my life right. I'm like, dude, you're wasting your time. I, I drink all the time and I'm, you know, I go to church and I'm okay. I'm sleeping around. I'm all right. Yeah, that's that's who I was. And I mocked wow. him for it. So you acknowledged God and, and all of that yet still living in your sin yeah did it ever kind of um gosh let me think of the right wording did it ever register that if you were to die you would go to hell never not once oh wow so i was living right i knew who god was because that no one had ever brought me to that point or or told me that sin separates you from from God, it'll stop you from going to heaven. You know, we take it for granted in our church, right? But here I was, I was religious, man, and not once had I ever had I ever heard that, ever. Raphael, that's so. So you went to like a Christian church, and they never preached like all. Like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I'm trying to understand like, mm -hmm. like that really. 
Oh, oh yeah. My, my pastor at the time, he would talk about the seven-day war of Israel. I mean, we're talking about, he was in it. He talked about preaching against warlocks and, and casting devils out. That's, that's the stuff we were involved in. So I knew the power of God. Put it this way. When I was training for football, I used to quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a sinner. I'm not converted. Yes. I'm running training saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. Um, looking back, did you ever feel that God was actually with you or did you ever have some sort of experience with God even while yes. living in sin? Yeah, I remember when I was, I think, 11, I got really sick. I was super sick. I just, it was all mucus built up. And um, I remember falling asleep next to the furnace saying, God, I believe you can heal me. And and I ate a pepper before I was, because I like spicy food. I took a nap, woke up, gone. I was like, what the heck? And guess what I did? Oh, the pepper worked. And I told everyone, hey, if you ever get sick, eat peppers. They heal you. They can make your, your flu go away. Yeah, so I had wow. little, little scenarios like that growing up where I would ask God for something and he would come through. It was it was weird. So when, I mean, that's why I believed. That's why I prayed when, when I ran and worked out because I knew that God would hear me. I know it's kind of odd listening to that, that yeah. kind of testimony, but. Yeah. So did, did the, the guy that came and like said, oh, I'm done with the party and stuff, did that like, like did, did that change your look on god or is it just like oh that's crazy so dude you're going to a cult bro <laughs> <laughs> dude it's like dude you're brainwashed they're brainwashing you dude i mean yeah it's it's kind of embarrassing now but i i mocked them for it that was me in college and at so, that time yeah go ahead no i was just gonna ask just why don't you talk a little bit about college life and then mm. how you eventually got through that and what happened yeah so uh when i went to college i was um like i said i went to sac state so i was maybe two hours away from from where i live now i had to make new friends i i hate okay growing up i was pretty chubby so i was always really insecure about my physique and how i looked right so when i when i went to high school uh actually middle school a lot of people picked on me and, and made me pretty insecure. So I told myself, I'll never place myself in a position where I'm exposed like that again, where people can make fun of me. So I pushed myself, I worked out, I played sports and in college, I, I pushed myself in academics. Um, like I said, I raced against, um, when I was part of the rowing team, I mean, Stanford, Berkeley, Santa Clara, all these elite universities, I raced against them, UC Davis. Um, not to say we won, but you know, that was in a rowing team against them. Um, so I was always pushing myself so um, I love the attention of all. He's an athlete, and then all oh, he's a civil engineer as well. And then I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was fornicating all the time. Right? I was religious, and um, so that was my experience. You know, I just I, I wanted to to find out who I was, enjoy my life, enjoy the fraternity, enjoy the community of brotherhood, right? Um, with the frat which yeah. I have, sometimes they still text me. It's like thirteen years later. You know, um, so I, I the part of the frat, it's it was, you know, it was amazing. They break you together, kind of like when you go to boot camp, I think, from what I heard. You get broken down together, then you have a sense of camaraderie that then you build, build you up and you become. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's who we were. I mean, to the point where. Yeah. So one of the guys passed away in a fraternity and, and on his tombstone, they put our, our logo on him. 
you know i mean oh, it's wow. just one of those things where it was intense man and i you know i loved it so i partied drank i mean thirsty thursdays i'd look for every opportunity to hang out and party you know and and, and still study and then mind you i'd get up in the morning like five o'clock be at practice by six um finish at eight drive to my first period class be at school all day um study party and then go to sleep and do it all over again that ever wow. get tired were you ever like just got tired of like the life or was it just the fact that it was so new to you that you're like oh i want more of this i want to do it. like you got into like more more like hard stuff and, and all that i loved it man I love being doing things that others could not do. Like pretty egotistical, I get it, <laughs> you know. But being how I ra I was raised and people mock me all the time, I told myself that will never happen again. So that's why I, I really pushed myself harder, and you know, kept up with my grades at the time. And that's why I pledged to frat and stuff. And I remember when I was um, being broken down, right? Kind of like when the sergeant, I guess, yells at you and tries to break in front of everyone. He says, all right, do push-ups. I'm like, with one hand, right? So I started doing push-ups because I was I was physically fit, you know? And um, he says, oh, you think you're one of us now, right? So they take off their their, their letterman jacket with our frat letters. They, they put it on me, and they're like, all right, so for the 10 push-ups that you were supposed to do, now your brothers are going to do them. So instead of doing 10 push-ups, they were doing 20 each. And that's how they broke me, right? Because then it wasn't a matter of, how much can you do? They're like, oh, okay, you think you're better than everyone. Then they got to my mental, right? And then they broke me that way. Um, but yeah, and it was <laughs> it was intense, man. So uh, I guess the segue is, why are you saved, right? Yeah. Um, so, I was just about to ask. So after college, what happened that changed you? Yeah. So my freshman year, I was like, like I was saying, I was living for the experience. I wanted to do everything everyone else did, drinking, partying, sleeping around, all that stuff. Um, I remember uh, asking myself, is that all life has? Because it, if you were to ask me, I'd tell you, I'm, I love life. I'm enjoying everything. But when I would put my head on the pillow, I was empty, dude. Mind you, I knew the Bible. I mean, I was, I was fornicating. Right? I was I was drinking smoking off and on right but that's i never got into hardcore drugs but those are our drugs um i remember um like i want to say in, in november i got my first blackout i was gone i drank so much i couldn't remember what the heck i did i'm like i woke up and i was like what the heck just happened and then um told my girlfriend at the time and she was just like why would you do that you have any idea what could have happened they could have raped you i'm like what's that happened to me <laughs> right but i i, I started feeling that void inside me, right? Because I was doing everything people told me I needed to do in order to have joy and happiness. But the more I did it, the emptier I felt. And then that was beginning to set in, which is why it was the first time I drank to the point of like blacked out. That was November. And then again, it happened in, in December. And um, and then at this, at th at this time, um, right around that time, actually, I, I was at my cousin's house and um, we were drinking the night before. So my aunt goes into our room. I'm sleeping on the floor. She's hey, get up. So, oh, what's up? You're going to go to church with me. So I, I'm i like, all right, cool. Let's go. Right? And my, I'm like asking my cousin, do you want to go? He's like, all right, let's go. We, we both finished drinking the night before. We go to church. And um, this time it was different. Like this was like around mm -hmm. November. It was like everyone in the room, this is a pioneer working in Redwood City. Everyone in the room disappeared, and there's only me and the preacher. And I was getting mad. 
Because when this guy was preaching, I felt like he was talking directly at me, like confronting me. And I was getting mad. I'm like, what's up, dude? You got something to tell me? You know, that that's like my blood <laughs> boiling, dude. And um, I go up and talk to him. Like, hey, like, like, why are you telling me that stuff? Right? Because I was I was getting upset what he was saying. He said, I wasn't talking to you. I was like, first time I've seen you. I was like, is, some, is anyone talking to you about me? Because it sure seems like, you know, you're talking a lot about my my life which i don't appreciate he says hey man I, i'm just preaching if god's speaking to you that, that's that's on you i'm here like whatever i can do to help but this is who i am so that was my first encounter with real preaching where they preach about sin and sin taking you to hell and god wanting more for you because although i was mad at that time it started something in my head i started thinking about like is there more to salvation? Is there more to what the story that I know that I haven't heard? Right? So then I started thinking. I started thinking about this all the time. And then I realized, like, why do I drink? Why do I party? Right? So then the void that was inside me was identified. And then I, I started looking for opportunities to fill it. And that's when I started getting drunk. I'm like, nah, I'm, I can, you know, I can satisfy myself drinking. And that's when I black out. And then during this time, I, I started going to church on the weekends, like whenever I was back in back in town. And I remember um, I was really close with the girlfriend I had at the time. And if you saw me, you saw her. We were always together. That was it. And she asked me, hey, can I go um, with my friends to Lake Tahoe? And her friends were like party animals. They partied all the time, her girlfriends. Every single time I would have said no. But this one time I said yes. And she was like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, sounds like fun. She's like, are you serious? This is the, this is the winter break, the Christmas break. Um, so she went from, uh, I think it was Christmas to New Year's. Um, she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'll hang out here. No worries. So she goes. And um, I remember I'm hanging out with my cousin David, who uh, was hanging out with Jason, Pastor Jason Sanchez in San Francisco. He's like, hey, dude. Yeah. Hanging out with um, and um, I started hanging out with Jason. I didn't like him. The first time I saw him in church, I'm like, was this brown nose or wearing a suit? First time I went to church, I was in I was in shorts, <laughs> long socks, and slides. Uh, I'm like, who's this brown noser front row with a suit? Right? So he irked me. Everything about him I just did not like. So around this time, my co my cousin's like, I'm hanging out with Jason. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to see that guy. He's, he thinks he's better than everyone. But I'm like, whatever, I got nothing better to do. So I start hanging out with Jason. And if you guys know anything about him, he runs at 150 all the time, right? Oh, yeah. so he's always been like that. So uh, I start talking to him, and I realize that he's got something I don't have. Like, it's like in him, right? He's talking about the Bible, but it's just flowing out of him like, like it's natural. It was probably the most attractive thing I've ever seen. I could coin it to a guy seeing a girl in a bikini. That, wow. that's how attracted I was to what was inside of him. Like I, it wasn't him, but it was just like, there was something in him. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I wanted it. And I would have never told this to anyone. I was just like, what is it about him? Why is he different? And then I started hanging out with him. Like then hanging out with Jason didn't seem like, oh, it was a disgusting thing. It became one of those like, hmm, all right. I'm gonna get to hang out with him because he wasn't drinking, man. He wasn't he wasn't doing anything I was doing to fill your satisfaction. He was just being him. Um, so that really drew me to him. So in this time when my girlfriend was gone, I hung out with him. Our pastor invited us at the time to go to a um 
street preaching. Not saved yet. In San Jose. So I'm like, all right. So me and my cousin went and they started street preaching. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I walk like a block away and I'm like, uh-uh. Just like, who are these weirdos? These people are embarrassing. And I started, uh, I was like, I don't want to be associated with them. And then my pastor comes over and say, don't worry about it, guys. I'm not going to have you do it. I'm like, you sure? He says, yeah. Um, but he just loved on me, man. And I remember him taking me out, my cousin, Jason, his family to, to Chipotle, bought us food. And I remember telling myself, God, if you can give me a family like him, I'll give you my life. No problem. Um, and that was like first day my girlfriend was gone. Second day, I'm hanging out with him. And that was Friday. Saturday, I'm hanging out with him. And I'm like, dude, you know what? I I, I need to make this. I, I want what they've got. Like something needs to change because I, I feel empty now. Sunday, I go to church knowing that I'm going to hit the altar. And I hit the altar and it's like everything changed. Stop drinking, stop smoking, stop fornicating. Everything stopped. Like truly what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, whoever is uh, in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, everything becomes brand new. That was me. The person I was up to that point died. So I remember calling my girlfriend, told her about the whole thing. And the whole time she's listening, she's quiet. I'm talking to her. And she's like, who are you? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, "Who? what happened to you? Like... I left two days ago. Today, you sound like you're a, you're a different person. I'm like, oh, I'm the same person. What are you talking about? So, like, she comes around, and then I hang out with her, and, and I was like, hey, just to let you know, I'm not touching you anymore. I'm not going to touch you because you know where that's going to lead us. I'm not going to disrespect you anymore. Uh, that that person I used to be is done. And I, and I love this girl, dude. Um, but I'm like, I'm done drinking. I'm done sleeping with you. I mean, if you want to be my girlfriend, you can, but I'm, it's done. I'm like, I'm not going to touch you. I feel like that's that's not a real relationship. She's like, if we can't have sex, then there's no relationship here for me. I'm like, oh. So she ends up walking out, and that was, it was really difficult for me, man. Like, I was like, wait, all I did is I got saved, and I feel like I'm losing everything. So my girlfriend, she was freaking out, and I remember calling uh, my pastor and Jason at 2 in the morning, just crying. I'm like, hey, guys, I think I made a mistake. I think I got brainwashed, like. This, this isn't worth it. I'm losing everything that I held dear to me. This isn't worth it. So my, my pastor at the time and Jason meet me at the church. They pray for me. And I sleep at my cousin's house. I go home. And then my family's all in, in, the, in the living room waiting for me. Like, oh, serious. I'm like, the heck is going on? So my sisters tell me, hey, your girlfriend called. And she thinks you have cancer. Like, she doesn't know what's wrong with you. The fact that you're, you're, you're apologizing to everyone who's ever wronged you. And you seem like a different person. She thinks like you're dying. The fact that there's this radical change in your life. Um, are you dying? My sisters are weeping. They're crying. Because she came around my family all the time. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm not dying. I just, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I just went to church and I gave my life to Christ. They're like, come on. Like, seriously, like, are, are you sure you're not dying? I was like, I'm positive. And I remember my family watching my you know how my life changed. I used to cuss all the time. Every other word was a cuss word. I'm, like, I'm from the hood, East Palo Alto, back in the day. You know, it is bad. So every other word I used to say was a cuss word. I used to dress long tees, you know. Um, but that was in high school and college. It, it kind of changed my appearance. But uh, it was um, it was surreal. I remember my dad telling me, hey, I, I went to sleep one day listening to a sermon by Marty Carnegie. 
And um, my dad walks in one day and he says, what is this crap you're listening to? He's yelling at me. He says, don't you ever bring this trash into my house. He says, this this is not who I am. This is not who you are. He says, you want to see God? Wait, hold on. I got something here. I got, I got little ben, Benji's right here. So he says, you want to see God? Right? He pulls out money. He says, here's God. I can buy stuff with my God. He says, what can you do with your God? What can you buy with your God? I love my dad. I have a really good relationship with my dad. Um, I have raised both my parents. So for me to hear that from my dad, it broke me, man. Like my dad says, you're stupid and you're dead to me. You're not my son. To believe in a fairy tale and something you cannot see. And it broke me, dude. I'm like, I can't. I call my cousin. I'm like, hey, dude, I, I, I can't continue. I'm, I'm losing everything. Like everything that was dear to me, I'm losing it. Like my girlfriend lost. My dad says, you're stupid. You're dead to me. My family is just thinking I'm dying. So everything's kind of blowing up in my face. So I went to my cousin's house and I slept at his house for a week because I couldn't take it. Like I felt like it was, I was, I just had so much oppression at my house. I couldn't take it. So I slept in my cousin's house for a week. Um, and that was during my winter break. I um, packed my stuff, went to college and everyone was like, who the heck is this? Because it was just like literally became a, a different person. I felt like I I lost so many things. I, well, I gave up so many things. I'm like, I ain't never going back. So I made sure I made those hard stances. I, I'm not drinking, I'm not partying. I approached my frat. I'm like, hey, you know what? Here are your letters. I don't want them anymore. I'm going to be witnessing on campus. And I can't have people identify me with a fraternity. Because I want wow. them to see Christ before they see you. Oh, dude. I remember telling myself, I will not go home until I witness to one person. Um, so anyone that knows me knows that I love to witness. And I remember when I was in college, I was super intimidated because everyone makes it seem like, oh, look at me, you know, I'm an, I'm an educated person. So I remember reading this book called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, which is witness because everyone's saved. I read that book. It changed my life. It changed my salvation, changed the way I, 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 I saw witnessing and everything. So, um, yeah, I really... It really honed who I was in college, right? I mean, it had yeah, it was difficult for me, but I had to make a stand. And now, I love witnessing on college campuses. But um, it's just different tackle, you know, different bait. That's that's amazing, man. <laughs> this is actually my first time hearing your testimony, so it's it's. Oh really? It's yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, it's a good testimony, man. God's really moved in your life. That's amazing to see. Um, what advice would you give? let's say college students to witness and all that besides that book you read what would you tell them yeah i'm a student i go to college and i want to preach the gospel i'm very hesitant about doing it mm. what would you tell them um i think when we witness we are hesitant because we don't want to come against resistance we want to go with the stream have you guys seen the chosen yeah you know the fish are all swimming in the same direction that's what Christians want to do. We want to swim in the same direction. Unfortunately, being a Christian, you can't, you know, like if you want to live a life as a evangelical Christian, right? Where you're Pentecostal, you're living that life on the edge, you're, you're making your life matter, then you can't, right? If, if you stay quiet, then you are just like everyone else. So I remember telling myself, I'm like, you know what? I used to be a radical for the world. I'm going to be radical for Jesus. And I had to push myself, man. I, I had to push myself beyond what I felt I was comfortable doing because I felt that's the only way I could stay on the edge. 
is by pushing myself and knowing, hey, you know what? Like I gave myself, no one told me this. I, I remember telling myself, I'm not going to go home till I, till, I'm, till I pray with someone. That was a bit extreme. So I, I tapered that back. I remember telling myself, I'm not going to go home till I witness to somebody. I remember getting to the car after a long day. I'm like, oh, I didn't witness to someone. I got out, my, I threw my bags in my car, locked it, and I walked inside to see the closest person that was around me. And I witnessed to him. Happens every single time. So I remember I got saved December 27, 2010. Uh, my freshman, sophomore year. And um, I graduated 2013. Every single day I was on campus, I witnessed to one person. Every single day. So I think, um, like, the way I think, if you're going to school to learn, you're not going to waste your time and not study. Right. The way I always I've always thought is I hate wasting my time. I don't want to have to wait five years to learn. I want if I can learn it today, I'll learn it today. Right. So I remember telling myself, like, if this is what it means to be a Christian, I want to learn everything I need to know to be an effective witness. Now, I don't want to hold back. Right. And I feel like because I made that stand, that's why I have no problem approaching anyone today when I witness. And I feel when we allow ourselves to be pushed beyond our comfort zone, like kind of going away from college, one of the most important assets in any employee is their ability to communicate with people, your ability to get along with other people. There's lots of people that are highly educated, went to college, super smart, introverts, cannot keep a conversation, cannot, cannot mesh with a group of people. And um, I read a book called um, by um, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people he highlights this he says one of the most important things in people is their ability to communicate with others and having a sincere desire to get to know people right and i think as a christian us witnessing you build that naturally right because you're instantly when you witness to someone you're you're looking for common ground how can i break the ice how can i connect with someone as quickly as possible and then once you talk to them about them then you are asking them what about salvation are you right with god right and i think as a fellowship and as as just being Christian, I think that is probably one of the best tools I have. Because um, when I was working for my engineering firm in the past, I don't know why, but I, I rose up all the time. I was not the smartest by no means, not the sharpest by a landslide. But I was always one of the quickest to talk and I could get along with all my teammates. And I remember um, when I left the company, my team was all sad. Like, Edgar, you're like one of the best. And I'm like, no, not, are you kidding? I could name a bunch of engineers that are better and quicker, right? But I worked very hard. Don't get me wrong. I worked as hard as I could. I made mistakes, but I was able to communicate and get along with everyone. And that's what everyone saw that was very valuable. So I think for Christians that are struggling, um, right? If, even if you, if I suggest you read that book, but I think going to college and pushing yourself to witness, you're building something into your soft skills that cannot be learned. Like by, by textbook. So that is probably my biggest recommendation, right? And I wasn't even expecting to say that. But that's one of the things that that I, I, I learned the hard way. And I recommend reading that book, um, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. Because I when we, when we witness, we're always scared. What if they reject me? What if they say I'm an idiot? It's true, right? But what this book says is if you witness to someone and they reject you, you've done your job because you've spoken out for Christ. If you witness someone to someone and they pray, you've done your job because they, they prayed. Ultimately, whether they accept or deny Christ, you've done your job. 
And that, that's one of the things I had to learn and probably one of the most valuable things I learned, right? Because we think, oh, you were effective because you witnessed and someone prayed. What about my case? I got witnessed too. I didn't pray, but some the wheels started turning. I started realizing, uh-oh, there's something more that I need. Right? Like Jason, he didn't push me super hard, but it was the fact that I was around him and someone that was real that really attracted me to him. Amen. Um, <laughs> one more question. What exactly got, it to, got you to start witnessing? Because you grew up religious and all that. You what like was it your pastor like oh because you guys do the outreaches on saturdays or or was it just just god speaking and just like you gotta tell somebody i remember being blown away at how it felt having that release like wow like having the weight of your sin pushed away and i remember um saying like if there's other people like me i want to find them because no one had ever witnessed to me. No one ever brought me to that place where they said, your sin's taking you to hell. And I remember telling myself, I'm going to make sure I'm that person for someone else that's just like me out there. That's living their life. that think they're okay and they're not. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, no one pushed me. I wasn't, um, in fact, with the church that I was going to at the time, not many people witnessed them. There was no outreach on the weekends. Oh, man. There wasn't, it was just one of those personal convictions. I felt, you know what, I'm doing this because I feel God has revealed this to me and I'm doing it, you know, and it became genuine. So not to say I don't battle going to outreach today, right? Because sometimes yeah. it's like, I got stuff to do, right? Um, but I always keep in mind, if Jesus Christ died to make known that we're sinners going to hell, then how much more? Would he want to bless us if we if knowing that if we sacrifice of our time right because we're all busy everyone if we sacrifice of our time to go to outreach i am a firm believer that you cannot earn salvation but you can earn god's favor and i think as christians we think oh well we're saved that's true this is your baseline but you if you want to get into the supernatural ground you, you know you've got to invest prayer Right, you've got to do things that others don't. You got to witness, right? It's got to be genuine because then I feel that's when God's grace flows in your life. Yeah. Um. Is that is that all you wanted to uh, mention? Um. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, it was more so like want to tell you guys how I was kind of raised, right, and why it's important to witness. Because I feel like if I don't know how many kids are watching this, right, but what if there's someone else that's just like me? That's religious. They speak like they're Christian, right? But they're not, right? What if people are going to college and you're scared of witnessing and you don't? So there's someone else that's like me, whether a girl, guy, whatever, but they will never be confronted with the gospel. And what, what the, so I was never confronted. And if they don't have a real Christian living for God, they'll never attract people like me. Because what brought me, I was attracted to people like Jason that was like on fire. So I would say, you know what, life's short, you know, um, when when you guys get a job, if you guys are, those are in college, because I, I mean, I got a BS uh, in civil engineering, right? I've been there, what you guys are trying to get, I got it, right? So I'm not saying that because, oh, I got it. But what I'm trying to say is that if you guys really want to excel anything, any career, you have to learn to be uncomfortable with new, difficult things. So if you want to learn to be a good Christian, an effective Christian, you have to learn to be uncomfortable where God places you. 
and I feel like I've got tons of stories, guys. But what I'm the reason I say that is because when you learn to be uncomfortable with your own will, like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I know I need to. When you start doing that, then then God's voice will become louder because then you'll remember what his voice sounds like. Oh, I don't want to do it. This is feels like my flesh. Right. So but if you never fight the battle against your flesh, against your own will, God's voice will never grow louder because you won't get used to hearing it. Yeah. Too, brother. yeah. <laughs> That's what I recommend. So Chris, I mean, life, so life in general is not easy. I tell people, you want to be a bum on the street? That's fine. Your battle will be getting food. If you want to live, you know, if you don't want to go to college, no problem, right? If you want to just work at McDonald's and do the bare minimum, right? That's fine. You will have your own battles, right? If you want to go to college and, and learn, right, you're going to have battles. So in every you know, every option of life, there's battles. It just depends on, on how hard you want to push yourself. Do you want to push yourself to barely scrap by, or do you want to push yourself to live on the cutting edge? And that's, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you want to, if you guys want to be a pastor one day, not that I'm a pastor just yet, but um, I feel like you have to learn to push yourself beyond your comfort limits. You know, um, I, I thank my pastor a lot because he's, he's been a missionary for like 20 years in Kenya and in South Africa. So I ask him, well, quite a bit of questions, you know, like, what does God's voice sound like in this situation and this scenario, right? And he tells me, you know, learn to identify God's voice because, you know, his His will is different at all times. Um, but, yeah, no, I would, what I want to kind of leave with you guys is, um, like, it, it's the it's the Christians that are out, like, that are genuine and, and want to live for God that really attracted me. And that's why... Like, I love to witness because I, I'm always praying, God, help me to find people that are just like me. Maybe people that don't think they're terrible, but they just haven't been confronted in the right way. Like, hey, you know what? You can live your life as you do, but the, the thing that's called sin is separating you from God's love. And then I realize that that only God can fill the void in their heart. Yeah, no, I thank you guys for what you guys are doing here. I don't want to overstay my welcome, but I think it's great, oh, yeah. great platform for people. You know, you're able to glean from people's experiences so thank you very much for having oh, yeah. me on your show oh, thank, you. thank oh, yeah. you so much for uh, being a guest on the show man like, yeah. nah, nah i'm good i got things to do <laughs> yeah, i canceled a couple yeah. times sorry dude why my bad <laughs> no you're okay we're just glad to have you on um well thank you guys for watching thank you guys for hearing edgar's story powerful work of god um just a quick reminder make sure you subscribe and follow on spotify instagram Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Make sure you share this content with your friends. Get the word out. Make sure you get some sweet merch. Raphael has some Stop on right much. now. <laughs> you know I got a rap. <laughs> Make sure you cop that merch. And um, this is uh, this is uh, early December, so Merry Christmas to all of you, and we'll uh, see you guys. Merry Christmas. Okay. See you guys next week. God bless. Hey, my name is Rafael, and uh, first off, I want to thank you guys for watching this episode, and uh, just want to pull a little um, altar call before we leave. Many of us hold this um, episode, and you too had this life of of this of religion of looking at yourself that there's nothing wrong with me i'm okay with god i just gotta believe it's much more than just believing uh, 
Bible speaks of of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for every single person and everyone needing of repentance, not some people. Bible speaks that all have sinned and can show glory to God. And there's a need for repentance for everybody here. So if you want to accept Jesus into your heart and see the true God, the true Jesus, and have a real experience and be a true Christian, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I'm asking you to forgive my sins, forgive me. Lord, I am sorry. And I'm, I'm asking you to come into my life and live with me for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. He said his prayer, praise God. I, I push you guys to find a church nearby. Start going to a Bible-believing church and continue serving God. This is a stepping stone. So keep on serving God, y'all. God bless.